Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Ashraf Blakely, with the co-host, with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. How are you doing today, Kwani? I'm doing well. How are you? This is, a, this is a big day. It is. This is a milestone day. Why is that? Tell the viewers. This is the Eddie time. House Podcast, the Big Five O. We big, hit a, a half a century. We are unofficially grown-ass folks in the podcast game now that we got 50 episodes 50. under the belt. That's a big deal. Under the belt. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, and we'll keep it going for, and hopefully we'll at some point be able to celebrate podcast number 71. So mm-hmm. then we can talk about this dude, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> now, listen, I had ideas of what he could do for the Celtics when he came here. I did. He's actually done better than I thought. I did not think that he could help this team as much as he has. And again, their record is nothing that's out of this world. But when you consider where they are and where they would be if it wasn't for Dennis Schroeder, my goodness, young fella's balling. 17 points a game right now on average, bringing points on both sides of the floor, really. He's bringing the little things I think the Celtics needed. And I know I made this joke last week, but Marcus Smart, what you doing? <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Don't come after my boy, Smart. Don't I'm not do coming it. At him. But I did mention how it makes you wonder if Dennis would, and you, you disputed it, but Dennis has really stepped up his game to the point where it, I could see him getting more starter minutes and doing more and contributing more for the team. I'm, I'm not just saying right now. I'm not a coach. The idea of putting Dennis in that starting lineup and putting Marcus to the bench is bad. I know, it's turmoil waiting to happen. Well, not only that, I just think that they have enough talent in that starting unit to where Dennis coming off the bench is a better balance. Right now, they're not a very good team in terms of their bench impact. And part of that has to do with the fact that one of their best scores, arguably their best score off the bench, is in the starting lineup because of Jalen Brown's injury. So mm-hmm. once Jalen gets back into the flow and gets into the starting lineup, because Eme made it clearly clear Dennis is going back to that bench when Jalen come back. Things, I think, at that point are going to be a lot better for the Celtics because now they're playing better defense. They'll have guys in roles that they're, they, I think, more accustomed to playing. But the one thing about Dennis, and I just I looked at his numbers, just his career numbers, and the only difference we're seeing now with him than past years or throughout his career, he's playing more. Exactly, Dennis, yeah. in, in fact, he's playing more minutes in Boston right now that he's played on any team in his career, which to sense, me is yeah. mind-blowing because one of the concerns that, that we all had was that, is Dennis going to get enough minutes to be happy when he's playing yeah. with Marcus, when he's playing with Josh right. Richardson? Not only, is he, not only is he feasting off the minutes he's getting, he's going off for seconds. He's got, the, he's got the nice Teflon plate where he's just stacking it up, stacking up, eating good. And the Celtics are, are much better uh, than I thought they would be. Now, to your but point, to that point why would you not want him in a starting rotation then? I, I know that they need some depth on the bench, but he's clearly producing. He's producing, but I don't know what's, how it's going to work when Jalen is back in the mix. If you had him, yeah. Jalen, and Tatum together, see, he, he can get away with being a starter unit now because and you look at the guys out there, he's the second best scorer. So he can play that number two scoring role. But how is he going to adjust when Jalen's out there and he's going to get fewer touches? Whereas if you have him coming off the bench, 
he can pretty much be the same player he is in that starting lineup now. He's either your first or second option scoring when he's with the second unit. So I like when Brown gets back and he goes back to that bench. Uh, and, and to be I mean, he's having a better season than Marcus Smart. Let, I mean, if we're being honest and real about it, yeah. he is. There's, there's, I don't think anyone can argue that. But I like Marcus in that first unit because I think Marcus gives that unit balance. And Because to yeah. me, it's not always about having your best players play together. It's about having the best fit among your players out there together. And I just think that Marcus is a better fit for this team right now. But make no mistake about it, though. Dennis is playing well enough to where – what you're talking about, Kwani, it has to be something that at a minimum level, at a minimum level, the Celtics are giving some thought to. Right. Because he's earned but, the right to be in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. But despite that, we have, you know, Tatum and Schroeder and I, this team still is not looking right. Kwani, this is what you, this is, I'm going to translate what Kwani really wanted to say. This <laughs> team still stinks, even with the guys they got. That's what she really wanted to say. I, Thank I, you, I, the Kwani Lunas translator, because. I, I got that, listen, I got that BC translation thing down pat. I know what y'all are trying to say most you of the time. You know how people have messaged me saying, just like, I'm so frustrated with this team. I'm over them. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I cannot tell you what the issue is. This is who I they are. No diagnosis. This is who they are. That's their um, identity. They, and, but, you know, and, and we haven't talked a lot about it, but not only are the players adjusting to a different kind of system and, and for a lot of them different roles, mm-hmm. they're dealing with a coach who's de- who's adjusting to a team isn't quite what he was planning to utilize. And everything for Ime at this point is new. And so he is going to make some bad decisions. He's going to make mistakes. And we've seen him make mistakes. We've seen him have lineups out there that you're just scratching your head like, what the hell is he thinking with that yeah. group? I mean, and that's why I'm trying to keep in mind. I know it's still new for everyone. I'm trying to be generous and give them. You're trying to be patient, right? But I know fans would at least be very frustrated watching the inconsistencies. They should be because this. I mean, this team right now they're a 500 team, but they realistically (laughs) should be mind blowing. (laughs) It is. They really should be more like 10 and four. 11 and five. And yeah. at that point, to me, that means that they have actually peaked at their, their they maxed out. That to me yeah. is the best case scenario. Um, So I would like to see them a game or two over 500 at this point, because I think that's more realistic about where they should be. Mm-hmm. But listen, fans ain't trying to hear that though. I mean, they want them dubs now and I, and I get that. But the one thing I will say is that even though they're not record wise where you want to be, there are signs that this team is trending in the right direction. Uh, and, and specifically, I'm talking about their defense. I mean, right now, the Celtics for the season, as crappy as they seem to have been, as, as much as they ran around like chickens with a head cut off first half of the season, they have the 10th best defense in the NBA right now. And if you even take a deeper dive and you say, well, what have they done for me lately? Okay, last seven games, the number one defense in the NBA, last seven games. And they're five and two. Only like one or two teams have a better record than them over the last, you know, during that time period. So they're winning. They're winning with their defense. And this, I think if you're a Celtics fan, you got to feel better about this team right now than you did like maybe after games two, three, four, and five, because they look like they were, they look, they sucked. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to get around. They look like trash the first four or five games of the season. And that's not who they are. They're playing closer to who I think they are now but there's still room for them to grow still room for them to get better and i think the defense aspect is really important to think about because when you think when you look at 
any team, there's always going to be one or two or maybe even three players that are going to be consistent scorers or at least, you know, one person that can bring you the points. But if you can't lock down on defense on a consistent basis, you have no chance at making it to the playoffs. And obviously for them, hopefully that's one of their goals. So if you can stay consistent with this defense and, you know, despite your scoring droughts, just lock down on the other teams, they have a, a decent shot. Yeah, they do. They do. And and, and that's really what they want. I mean, ultimately, that's what you want. You just want to have a shot. And yeah. they are definitely trending in that direction. And what's that? I said pun intended. Keep going. I know. Look at Corny trying to be funny. Let me but get my dad jokes in and you keep moving. <laughs> I know. I, I try to. I, I I really do that. And Corny, that's 100% intentional. I'm going to just let you know that. I know. <laughs> but... But listen, they, they, they definitely, they, I mean, they're giving themselves a shot to be successful every night when you play defense. It, there, there's no getting around that. And part of their success of just having a shot at winning is the old man in the building, Al Horford. The old man Alfred. in the building is getting it done. Dude. Uh, ranks third in the NBA in block shots. I, did, I wouldn't know if Al would have ranked third on the team in block shots at the beginning of the season. Look, I was listening to the the broadcast on the radio. I know I sound old, but I like listening to basketball games if I'm driving anyway. And Max, you sound like that's something for like 1922. I know, but like people don't think they think millennials millennials don't appreciate radio calls, and I do. That's another story. (laughs) That's another story. If I do, I do. Don't generalize. Just keep going. (laughs) Max was talking about Al and he was like, old man time. Look what he, I think he had just slammed it in or something like that in their last game against Cleveland. And I was just like, yeah, like you said, I did not expect him to have this breakout season. I, it's not that I thought he was going to be mediocre, but Al has really turned some heads for people that thought he was washed when he went to Philly and then eventually wasn't barely in OKC. He's proven a lot of people wrong right now. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just blown away and, and just so happy that Al is, is representing all the old men out there. What is show that we still can get it done when we get in the game? I right. Al, Al is like my he's like my new Buddha right now. That's my Buddha. Al freaking Horford. That's the man. <laughs> that is the man with the plan. Yeah. yeah. The thing I like about you know the thing I like about Al is that he's playing really well. And he's doing all the little things. I mean, he's the only thing he's not doing well is shooting the three three ball. He's shooting like twenty eight percent, which he's, he's got to do better than that. But he's doing so many other things that are so what you expect from Al Horford to do. And the, to me, again, he's giving this team hope that once you young fellas figure out how to get the damn thing done, I can kick back and chill. But y'all know that I still got it. Mm-hmm. I still got it. When yeah. y'all need me. I can deliver. And if you need me less now, you can have more of me later. So the sooner you can create less of me now, I can deliver more later because y'all know I still got it. Exactly. You see them balls pinning on the glass? I'm doing that. <laughs> you see them layups? I'm doing that. Those nice dives on in transition and a half court shot from the elbow? Uh-huh. Yup. <laughs> this guy bringing it still. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, and to me, I'm really happy for Al that he's having success because I thought his first run with the Celtics really I thought he was unfairly criticized a lot of times when he was just simply doing making basketball winning plays but people got caught up in the contract uh and people felt that you know if you're a max player 
you've got to play, you've got to put up max numbers. And, and Al, to me, is an example of a guy who gives you max, max impact, but doesn't necessarily put up the numbers to back that up. You look at his leadership, his passing, his rebounding, and now in 2021, 20, 20, uh, the block shots. Where did that come from? So, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of Al. I'm a big fan of big man who getting it done. And, Kwani, yeah. speaking of big men, did you see the Cleveland game, the last one? I did. It was a it was a Taco Fall sighting with no Gino. It was Taco <laughs> like, Fall on the floor, and Gino is nowhere to be found. NBA All Star Taco Fall. <laughs> that dude, that dude. He listen. He had two rebounds. I can't remember how many minutes he played, but I know he was a plus seven. So mm-hmm. obviously, good things happened when Taco was on the floor. I'm happy for Taco. Me um, too. I'm, I'm like really he, happy. He might really get a chance in Cleveland to establish yeah. himself and get you know get the reps in, but just really. I don't know. I was I was pleasantly surprised for him. Happy for him. Yeah, I yeah I was surprised that he is part of their mix because they already got some really good bigs to begin with. Exactly. They got the rookie Mobley. Um, obviously Jared Allen. I think is having a, a you know most improved player of the year kind of season. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Taco, who again he's seven foot six every day, um, every time he step on the floor, and it was it was good to see him out there playing because I mean I mean full disclosure. I've seen a lot of taco around here in these damn commercials. Oh, absolutely. Seen, I still see them. There's a, that, yes. I don't want to give the sponsor any credit. But yeah, I've seen a lot I'm, with him. Yeah, I, there's an insurance company that, that is doing that's doing quite well with taco. Every right. time I, I turn the on laundry thing, yeah. yeah. I see taco at the laundry mat. I see him at the at the you know winning prizes for kids at, mm-hmm. at the carnivals. I'm thinking like damn. Shout out to his marketing team or whoever is his is agent or whatever, because Listen, they have really capitalized. Team yeah, Taco. I, I got much respect for Team Taco. Putting money in mm-hmm. young fella pocket, it ain't even in a city. Exactly. <laughs> That's. I'm a big Taco fan. And the I'm fact that he barely played, got a chance to play when he was here, but they took advantage of him being in this big market, and now that he's in Cleveland, he's still cashing mm-hmm. in, which is exactly genius. Multiple streams of income is <laughs> always exactly multiple streams of income are always welcomed. Yes, absolutely. always welcome in the A-List podcast. Now, we've been really, really positive, Quinn. This might have been the most positive podcast we've had. There has been, like, absolutely no dirt, no shade, no anything at anyone. We got to flip it up. You know we got to flip it up. You know we got to flip it up. I want to get into Jalen. I want to get into Jalen. I want to get into Jalen and that that hamstring. Um, I'm I'm a little nervous about the hamstring. Um, only because here's, here's my, here, and, and hear me out when I say this, I'm not nervous about when, about how he's going to come back. I'm nervous that we may be having this same conversation in another week, another month, another two months about him and that hamstring or that knee or some other physical ailment. I'm getting this really icky feeling that hmm. this is a precursor to what may be something we're dealing with, not necessarily the hamstring per se, but just nagging minor injuries, but injuries that are significant enough that are going to keep him on the sideline. And I, I just have this weird feeling we're going to be dealing with this in some capacity throughout most of the season, whether it's a game or two here where he'll play five or six and miss a game or two. But I don't feel as though he's going to get past this and then it'll be smooth sailed. Do you suspect information is being withheld to the public about the state of his injuries? I don't think it's that. I just think that Jalen is one of those athletes who pushes himself so hard that what you're seeing on the medical report 
is okay. Yeah. But then he takes his ass out there and plays so damn hard. What you don't see is the damage that he's doing to his body because he's playing totally. so hard. Uh, and yeah. I and I, I respect that. I mean, I respect the fact that when Jalen's out there playing, I never feel as though I'm not getting my money's worth. I never feel mm-hmm. as though he's just out there lollygagging, not playing. He hustles every time. Yeah. 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 Now he's going to make mistakes and he's going to miss shots and he's going to you mm-hmm. know not get it done. But I never feel as though it's because he's not trying to. It feels as he's just having one of those games. But yeah. with that, I, I worry about his health a lot. Um not that again. Not that it's going to be like devast. He's going to be devastated and out for a significant time. But he, it feels as though he's going to miss enough games to where it's going to make you wonder every night: Is this the night where he's going to like you know not be able to go tomorrow? Yeah. And that's a when that's your number two guy. It's not a good look. Not a good look. Especially looking forward to the game I have circled, even though I don't know if this team matches up to them, but. There's reports that LeBron may be back for their game against Boston, the Lakers game against Boston. I hope not. That would have been a game to see him in. And I don't know if the rumors are true. You know, NBA rumors, take them with a grain of salt. But I did see that reported. So I hope it's a good Boston-LA matchup when I'm seeing one. I want it to be equal. (laughs) See, here's the thing, Kwani. You want equality. I want disparity because you're not equal to LeBron, but you want to be at as much strength as you can be. I want them to be as weak as hell. If I'm the (laughs) Celtics, I I want them to have nothing but G League players available. What's that? You want the Celtics to be weak? No, I want the Lakers to be weak. I don't want to see. Well, I'm saying the fact that it's reported that LeBron would be back. That's when you start to question how often will Jalen be out for big games like this? Is the yeah. point I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, yeah, that is a concern. That is a concern. But for them, the, the bigger concern is just um, figuring out how to navigate without him. And I think they've got a yeah. pretty good idea of how to do that. And Schroeder has a lot to do with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Extremely aggressive now when he has the ball offensively. And in fact, you know, he's figured out how to be even more aggressive without Jalen in the lineup, which I think is smart because I thought the first few times that he was on the floor, and Jalen wasn't available, I didn't think he was really looking to score like he has the last four or five times out. And, again, he's doing pretty much what he has always done in his career. The only difference in Boston is just playing more minutes. And when I say my more minutes, I'm saying he's playing a career-high number of minutes, which is kind of crazy when you think that, you know, all those years in Atlanta where he was the starting point guard forever and a day, he never really played – yeah, he never really played like 33 minutes a game. I think he's only had maybe two or three seasons where he's averaged better than 30 minutes per game. And in Boston right now, he's he's at that mark. So I'm really excited about this team. Uh, not crazy about Jalen and the handshake. I'm even less crazy about Robert Williams, who left the last game against Cleveland with some knee soreness. Yeah. Now – Another one, when you talk about the injury concerns, we've waited this long to see him. Right. Right. And and he and this the, to me, the, the frustrating part about Rob is that he's finally starting to turn the corner. Right. You're finally starting mm-hmm. to see this dude play significant minutes, which I mean, I can't even tell you how many times on the Garden Report we talked about last year. Robert Williams only playing 25 damn minutes. How you going to have is the best your best athlete out there for basically half a game, half a game. Brad, you I, I get it. Unfortunately. 
I do get it, but it's good to see him playing high 20s, low 30s in terms of playing starter minutes is basically what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but the health is always going to be an issue with Rob. It's always going to be a concern. And, you know, the issues that he's dealing with, it feels though as they're issues that are never going to fully go away and that they're going to pop up any time unexpectedly. And your concern isn't so much of him missing a couple games in November. What about April? What about May? Can we get to the point where we feel, I mean, worst case scenario, if you're in a big playoff series in April or May, not so much that he misses the entire series, but that, you know, you guys are, you're they're in a battle for getting out of the first round and they win the first game and they're up one zip and they've got a chance to you know, take a 2-0 lead on the road and Rob ain't available for game two. And then you lose that game and then it's just like, oh, and he misses a couple games. And, and that's, that's, that's my concern with Rob. It's, it's, it's Jalen concern amplified. Like Jalen, I'm concerned with, but Rob, I'm like, you know, really concerned that we're going to be going through this, this, you know, roller coaster up and down. He's playing one night. He's playing, you know, with his fingers on a, on a bench, the other. Mm -hmm. Don't feel good about it. Don't feel good. I can, I can agree and attest to that. Now, well, you can. I mean, I mean, you can't make him a cyborg. That 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 ain't gonna. You could. I mean, he could die trying, but and you don't want to do Elon that. Musk. I got. I think Elon Musk might have something up. His you know, don't get that man any ideas. <laughs> don't get that man any ideas. You're right. He will capitalize you know, even more. Be like, hmm. If I created, he doesn't like, need any more money. <laughs> if I created like 15 basketball playing cyborgs. Hmm. Actually, there, I believe it was in China, like derailing a little bit, but there was a robot that can shoot hoops. Let me find it real quick just so I can make sure I'm giving you guys accurate information. If you're a it's robot, a and you shoot, you better not miss. Huh? If you're a robot and you shoot, you better not miss. Yeah, it's a 100% accurate, accurate basketball playing robot. I think Toyota created it. It's well, crazy. here's the thing. If he doesn't miss a shot <laughs> and he's playing against another robot, they're not going to miss a shot. That means the game is never going to end. I love this headline. It says, Toyota's basketball robot is more accurate than Steph Curry. I mean, duh. Who wrote that? <laughs> I would you know hope what? you made a robot that was more accurate than Steph. But you put them both in the game and see what happened. Mm. Steph, Br Steph Brankin bringing some circuits. They need some, defense, break some ankle defensive robots, maybe, to balance it out. That's what How I want to see. I want to see. Can you make a Marcus Smart defensive robot? Mm. He's sprinkling a little Steph bit of Marcus. Robot. Yeah. Take a little bit of Marcus Curry. I'd watch that one-on-one -on -one game. <laughs> What's that? I said I'd watch that one-on-one -on -one robot game if it existed. If you got the Marcus Smart robot against the Steph Curry robot? Yeah. I pay to see that. But see, but see now, now if Elon Musk is winning, is he gonna be like, hmm? Yeah. If you're listening, Yo. please don't send this to him unless we're getting a cut, which I doubt is gonna happen. So just keep this between us as long and the as listener. We, yeah, as long <laughs> as we got this timestamp, we 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 might have right. a case. We did we might this have a on case. A day in November. Exactly. <laughs> I, I tell okay, you, you were what, actually though. making a point though, so. Continue. I tell you what, though. I mean, we, we're talking. We're talking about shooting, and um, it's just hard to talk about this because I love the young fella. 
But Jason Tatum is killing us. He's killing. He he he's just he's in one of those funks that I I've never seen him in before, and I I have no rhyme or reason why it's lasted this long. Um, it doesn't deter me from from my belief, and he's one of he's going to be one of the greatest Celtics to ever play for this organization. He will be a future Hall of Famer. His jersey will get retired. No one will ever wear that number after he's done playing. I think he's that good. But damn, right now he ain't that good. <laughs> And and I the wild part is that him not being that good and still averaging like 23 points a game is wild to me because yeah. if this is just mediocre Tatum, then where is superstar Mamba like Tatum? Because well, that, that's, see, that's, that's the scary part because so, there's a part of me that believes that, you know, all the Tatum bashing at one point, he's just going to rise up and be like, look, hold my... Hold, 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 hold my Gatorade. Hold, hold my Gatorade. Hold my Gatorade. Because Tatum, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> and he's going to go on a – I think Tatum is going to go on a tear where he's dropping like 40 a night. I think he's going to have like four or five games in a row where he becomes the best player on the planet. Leaves no I predict that, that happens against L.A. You think that's going to be – that's going to start it? Mm-hmm. He gonna ch- so he's going to channel his inner Kobe against Kobe's old team. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put money on that. Ooh. You know I hate hot takes. Quani hates hot takes, but she she about to, but she put that one in the oven and this turned the headline fire. She didn't even go through fifty. She put that at three seventy five so we can heat up quicker. Okay, quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tatum going to heat it up. So now I need a number, Quani. I need a number. What's he going to drop against? Oh, Atlanta? a number. I'm gonna go fifty. He going to hit him with a fifty piece. Why not 60? Damn. Too much? Damn. I'm, like, I'm asking for too much. Corny putting all the chips on the table. She's just like, <laughs> I'm going to see your fitty and raise it. Raise it. Okay. Okay. Good thing I'm not no. an actual betting woman because, you know, I probably would lose, lose a lot of things. But the funny part is if he drops like 60, Corny will be the first. I told y'all. I tried to Absolutely. tell y'all. Absolutely. It would be like, I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, run the tape back. You know, t- right. let, let them know I said that. Let them and if know. it doesn't happen, we're deleting the episode and it will not exist <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> uh, I think the, but, the I, I, but he I, I just think he's gonna have a stretch where he's just gonna be the best player on the planet. He's too yeah. good not for that to happen. Because I've I've gone back and I've watched his last couple of games just to see the type of shots he's getting. And, you know, when Ime says that Tatum is getting the shots that he wants, he ain't lying. These are mm-hmm. shots that we've seen him make time and time and time again. Why they're not going in now, I have no idea. There's no rhyme or reason to that. Uh, defenses are not locking him up. Game? Like, what is The it? only thing I can think of is that he's still adjusting to playing with a little bit more bulk. That he's still adjusting oh, yeah, to right, yeah. just – I mean, even though the form looks great, when you have more strength, even when the form is the same, the power and the release and all that stuff, it's a little, it takes a little bit of recalibration to get get all that stuff down. It's like if you go play basketball and then you go to the gym right after that and you lift like, you know, you go hard for like 20 minutes and you go back out there and shooting, your shit gonna be, I mean, your shot gonna be off. It is yeah, going sure. to be off. It has happened to me often. Did you just flex? Yeah, I was flexing. He just flexed. Your BC Eagles are bowl eligible, and so now you flexing too. And our BC men's basketball team looking okay too. 
We out here. That's a, uh, I was giving your football you team. You started it. You started your, your, it. I wasn't your basketball. Team, listen, your basketball team. That's another story. We go, we gonna have this conversation in about a month. Okay, I know it's not like, Syracuse, but it means a lot. Okay. We're not that good either. We're not that good either this year. I, I own that. We, we are mediocre at best, but we better than BC though. Just let you know that. That's real. Okay. That's real. So anyway, this is this is this is a, this is enough about college basketball talk. We um, the cool thing about the Celtics now though is that they are playing better, and not only are they playing better, but they've got a chance to really kind of capitalize on some home cooking. Um, they play the Hawks on Wednesday, and after that, they've got four games in a row at home. It's the longest homestand of the season, and the Celtics will be wise to capitalize on that. Uh, this is an opportunity for them to really get above 500 and get back into the fray of things in the East. Uh, the potential for them to move into the top three, top four spot in the East is very real, uh, yeah. particularly when you play defense the way they do. What, how do you think? How do you think this homestand is going to go for them, Corny? To your point. This is the chance for them to also just establish dominance at home. I don't think they've done that up until this point. And so the comfort of being in your home arena for a homestand, that is no excuse to not really figure out the floor. If it's, I don't know what it is, if it's a spacing issue, whatever, you're home now. So figure out a way to win at home because that's the best thing that you could do at this point to be a, a yeah. really consistent team. And the four teams that they're playing at home, you've got the Lakers off the bat, then OKC, then Houston, mm -hmm. and then Brooklyn. And of those four teams, Brooklyn's probably the only team that you're not feeling all that great about beating. But the Lakers, even if LeBron is back, which he may or may not be back for that game, yeah. you still should feel good about your chance of beating them in your crib. And Houston, mm -hmm. you know, and, and OKC, look, they're playing for a lot of teams. They, right. they, they, I mean, they, their guys are going out there. Those two teams. Yeah, because you, because winning that game means more to you than it does to them. Yeah, exactly. They lose that game, it's like we're supposed to lose. We good. Mm -hmm. You lose that game, it's like damn, we can't win. The red flags alerts are going to be up again if they lose yeah. to OKC and Houston. There's no it, reason why you're losing to those two teams, especially if you get that ass smashed. Because <laughs> they yeah. Celtics, if, if we're being honest and real. They tend to not play their best inexplicably. Like, you know, when they played Toronto earlier on this year, where they, I mean, it was like their first home game, they just, they played like crap. Mm -hmm. And we've seen them blow big leads. We've seen Even them get against Cleveland, I was not impressed, to be honest. Like, yeah, it, it, there needs to be, like, more blowout games for teams like that. Yeah, and they, they should have won both of those games in Cleveland. I mean, mm -hmm. really, that, that first one, I mean, yeah. up by 19. And that's like the second or third time this year they've had like a 19-point lead mm -hmm. and found a way to and blew it. I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all got to be better than that. Y'all got to be better than that. But um, so anyway, enough of the Celtics talk. Let's look around the NBA. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we were talking, was it last week? We're talking about the fight between Marcus Morrison and Jokic. Mm -hmm. so, Which has died down surprisingly. I think they the all way. realize the impact on their bank accounts if they let this thing keep keep brewing. Yeah, that's true. The one thing about NBA players I've found is that they don't want to come off money. They it's like they've got millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank and, and millions and millions of dollars coming in every first and the fifteenth. And when you talk about them losing like one percent of that, which for, for you and I is probably like a, like a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, they're like, uh uh, uh uh, we good, we weren't beefing. See, what happened was we just had a misunderstanding, right? Well, now we understand that we don't want to miss them checks, 
So that's where the misunderstanding is right now. Mm-hmm. We understand we don't want to miss them checks. So Jokic, we good. And Jokic yep. and his brothers, we it's good. Hands. Everybody good. <laughs> but now we have another little kerfuffle between Utah's Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. and Indiana's Miles Turner. Now, this is one that um, <sighs> big man fighting ain't the same as it used to be. I mean, I, I think about like, like if you swung at Charles Barkley, he was swinging back and he was probably going to hit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with Shaq, same thing with Alonzo, same thing with all the, of the, the truly just impactful bigs. And yet Rudy and Miles... They got into this little kind of little sort of kind of wrestling match, but nobody was trying to swing no blows. And I love at after when Rudy talked about it, he made it pretty clear. Guys ain't trying to fight nobody in the NBA. And I'm right. like, you right. Exactly. You right. And I'm glad that he kept it 100 about that because play, mm-hmm. there's so many. First of all, they ain't tough like that. They ain't built like Absolutely. that. Number one. Number two. They ain't trying to come off that money like that because if you yeah. swing and you hit somebody, you looking at looking at missing games, which means missing checks, which means your kids and your significant other and your, your homies lifestyle is messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute, you let you did what? Wait, so let me get this straight. He hit you hard, knowing you're gonna get hit in the game regardless, and you yeah. got mad. Yeah, to the point where you rolled up on him, and that's gonna cost us. And, and, and then it becomes us because it's no longer mm-hmm. about you. Then, then you gonna cost us <laughs> two, three hundred thousand dollars because you got mad because he hit you harder than you thought you should have been hit. I mean, that's when you say you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, but I digress. <laughs> and and then you, you better go get our money back. You better right. be an all star. You better get another new. You better get an endorsement. Deal. You better mm-hmm. find a way to get our money back. Yeah. So. Players, it, it always it, it makes me laugh when I see them like get physical and roll each other because they they're not about that life. Yeah, they're really not, not they're not about that life. They're not trying to be that guy, um, right? For literal reasons, because of just the physicality, they they're not trying to be that kind of physical. And more than that, they trying to come up that money, right? But I tell you what, they may be kind of phony, but I don't. I'm not sure about this Washington Wizards team. They got the best work. They, they, I want to believe they're phony. I want to believe that they're not real. But you know what? They, they different. This is not. This is not the 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 you know the the set wash fold Washington Wizards. <laughs> they might actually be. They might actually be in this thing for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. What I mean, what what do you what do you think about that team? Well, for one, I don't think the Eastern Conference already looks the way people predicted or thought they would, you know, when you look at the top five. But clearly, Bradley Bill isn't going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> look at a team like that. Why would I mean, not that that's directly correlating to the rumors, but like you mentioned in a few podcasts ago, he seems dedicated to yeah. winning in Washington. Obviously, it doesn't solely fall on him, but that team looks good as a result of the way he's been playing as well. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's getting help. I mean, Dinwiddie's a good yeah. player, which I knew he'd be a good help to them. Which is crazy that Brooklyn didn't, like, keep him. So. Well, I mean, to me, Brooklyn. But he's better. Have, yeah. Well, to me, Brooklyn, they're, they're the team that's like, um, you know, it's like playing Monopoly. You can't have Boardwalk, Park Place, and all the damn green 
properties and the red properties and yeah. the utilities. You can't the have everything on the damn block. Big properties, yeah. Exactly. You can't have it all. Somebody got to get, get get that B&O Railroad. Somebody got to get right. Pennsylvania. Somebody's got to get some of that other stuff that you can't. I have never heard have. Monopoly referenced in a basketball analogy, but I respect it. Welcome to my world, Kwani. Welcome to my world. <laughs> but they had to, something had to give. And Dinwiddie, to his credit, was not willing to take a discount to stay in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. to be yeah. basically a reserve slash backup slash, you know, what I like to call that man in the corner. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love when Marcus Smart put that out there, that man in the corner. <laughs> no, we don't want to be that dude. Then yeah. when he did not want to be that dude. So he took more money to go to Washington with a more prominent role, and he's getting it done. Um, he is getting it done. And, and Bradley Bill, you know, we haven't talked about Bradley Bill as an MVP candidate, but if they keep winning like this, you're going to have to put him in that conversation. To me, there's always like uh, there's, there's like a top five MVP race every year. That fifth guy is basically the best guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Every year, that fifth guy is a guard. Yeah. Like, when Isaiah Thomas was killing it in Boston, guess where he was? Number five. Mm-hmm. And, and so Chris Paul most years, number five. Bradley Bill may be that guy this year, the way he's playing, the way he's impacting winning. And that's what – to me, is most impressive. He's finding ways to win, and not all their games have been easy. I mean, they—they, they, I mean, when they play the Celtics, it's been a dogfight, but they mm-hmm. found a way to get get it done. So that's a team that I'm really looking at and thinking that maybe they may not be as phony as as I thought they would be. Yeah. So, but along the phony conversation, <laughs> and depending on how you want to look at it, I, I don't think it's phony, but there are those who think he is phony, and we're talking Ben Simmons. Oh, we're talking Ben Simmons. We're talking Ben Simmons because we can't do a podcast without talking about Ben Simmons or Kyrie. This podcast is brought to you by Ben Simmons. You can't do this. It's impossible to do it. And the latest on Ben Simmons, uh, only because we we like to talk about Ben Simmons because he's literally the one athlete who's always in the news these days. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's been fined, reportedly been fined. Uh, for not traveling with the team on their uh, six-game road trip, which uh, he, I guess he stayed back to work on his conditioning, but the Sixers weren't really buying that. So they're not only are they not buying it, they're literally not buying that as in Wayne Panyol ass, uh, yeah. not buying it. And it again, the, the longer this thing draws out, Kwani, it seems that there are so many issues and tentacles to the story that, just don't feel right. I mean, like you've got a mental health dynamic involved in here where Ben mm-hmm. has, you know, he's, he's getting help for, you know, for, for that part of who he is and the Sixers, they want, you know, a team sponsored uh, health person involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a little bit of a, a, a kind of back and forth struggle. And, you know, you've got, obviously the, he's not playing. Uh, and yet that's a roster spot that you can't fill. Uh, and that's a player that wants to be traded, but, no one really wants to trade and give you anything of value because they don't know what they're getting. Uh, it, it, it's it, it, the whole situation. Endless cycle. Yeah. And it, it feels, I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, how do you think this is eventually going to play out? I'm so frustrated with talking about it. It really does. It makes <laughs> it harder to predict what is going to happen because neither side seems to be budging at this point. And then you also look at the rest of the league watching this bleep show in Philly. And like you said, not wanting to take the risk on a a player that historically is good. But again, we haven't seen him play this season, so we don't know 
what he for all we know, he could just completely be out of shape and not know how to play basketball at all anymore. Mm-hmm. That's obviously yeah. dramatic, but no one knows what to expect from him. So I don't blame teams not wanting him. I don't blame the Sixers organization not necessarily wanting to trade him because no one's going to budge at this point. So what's next? Like someone has to put their foot down and change this saga or we're going to just keep talking about the same thing every week. Yeah. And the thing about Ben is that the Sixers are going to have to embrace the fact that they're going to take an L on this deal. You're not going to move him and get fair market value in return. And if you're willing to keep him around and not play him and not trade him because you don't like the deals you're you're getting, then that you, that's a tough pill for your fan base to swallow uh, because they're going to be like, just trade him and get him the hell out of here so you can move on. And if you're another team that's contemplating trading for him, you are not going to give them fair market value because you literally have no incentive to do so. There is no reason why if I've got prime cuts a b there's no reason why i need to give you like you know my prime cuts when i could just give you some 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 basic beef for that right. because that's because right now i'm not getting you're i'm not getting fair market value in return you don't know what you're getting with ben uh simmons you don't know where he's at forget about the well, let's put the mental health aspect aside for now because mm-hmm. to me that should not be in any way shape or form part of the conversation yeah. Uh, when you're talking about training for, and I, I hate that there's 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 certain elements of of folks who are trying to conflate his trade value with the things that he's working through from a mental health aspect. Those are two separate things. When you keep this strictly about basketball, he is someone who doesn't give any team reason to put your best foot forward because you don't know what you're getting back in terms of basketball player. You don't know what you're getting in return in terms of basketball confidence. Cause the last image that most executives have of Ben Simmons is him deciding to pass to Matisse Thibel, who is a worse free throw shooter than him or as bad, I should say as him, instead of dunking the ball where there was literally nothing between you and the rim or whatever air was coming out your lungs. And then to double down on the drama, to double down on the dysfunction, you explained after the game that you passed because you thought you were going to get fouled, which is a big-ass red siren to every team that this dude got scared. This dude got scared. And I remember after that game, just talking with, with a couple of scouts and front office folks about that, just what did they think? And one of them – and. I'm going to clean up his language a little bit, but he was just, it basically his thing was, what, 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 what the F did you think happened? The blankety blank got scared and he uh, spelled it S C U R D scared. Uh, and so I was like, I kind of thought that, but I wasn't, I, but I needed to see if, if, am I just in left field or, or just out in the yeah, middle of nowhere? Yeah. But that was the sentiment that a lot of executives and folks in the basketball ecosystem had about Ben was that in the most critical moment of his team season, not only did it wasn't that he didn't get it done. It's the fact that he didn't give himself a chance to fail. He didn't give himself a chance to give his team a chance to be successful. And that's, that's why there's so much hesitation on the part of teams to give them of any, uh, give them anything or put anything on the table of value. Cause mm-hmm. he makes everyone nervous. Uh, and, and, you know, my gut tells me that at some point they're going to take a lesser deal that they're going to take a, that they're going to just say, you know what, 
this is a cloud of our organization that we need to get from under. And there's no way we're going to be able to do that as long as Ben, you know, looking how things ended with us last year. And they're not going to put him on. They're not going to totally throw him under the bus, but they're just going to say this was the best deal we could get. This was the best deal based upon factors that some of you know about and some of the factors you don't know about. This was the best deal we can get. And if I'm the Sixers, I'm trying to get a deal that has more draft picks than necessarily talent because the, the players that you get from other teams are not going to be nearly as good as Ben. So you know right then and there, you getting shafted. But yeah. at least you get some picks. That's in the future, yeah. You got look, to me. You got a shot of getting lucky. I mean, you that pick could be the twenty, be the thirtieth pick in the first round, and who knows? It could be the next Jimmy Butler. You just never. So you don't know what you're getting with those draft picks, but you know you got a shot at getting a good player. Whereas if you're getting some mediocre to below average talent in the NBA, guess what? Yeah. You just added some mediocre to below average talent in the NBA, yeah. and you're not going to get better. So Ooh. I'm I'm hoping that there'll be some resolution sooner rather than later. So that gives us a chance to end the podcast on a different note than talk about some damn Vincent. Right. But, but it's hard, but it's impossible not to talk about it because again, he's, he's the biggest so, storyline in the league. He's the, biggest, he's the biggest wild card in the NBA. I mean, if, if let's say tomorrow he wound up getting traded to, I don't know, the Phoenix Suns or Jay Crowder or something Ooh, like that. Breaking. That'd be I mean, you just you just never know. So anyway. Enough about Ben Simmons. Enough about until himself. next week. <laughs> until next week. <laughs> there you go. Um, what you got coming, Kwani? On NBC Ten, I have two more packages from that Roxbury shoot that I did. So okay. this week and next week, you'll be able to find them on NBC Ten Boston.com. Not going to tell you where I went, but they were two very fun locations that you should check out if you are ever in the Roxbury area. So Quanny keep a secret from us. I get it. I get it. I get yeah, it. Okay. You don't have to make them guessing. go somewhere else to click. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> click later. I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm in Atlanta right now for the Celtics. Uh, nice. game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here now, but I'm also here doing a couple things for Bleach Report that I'm going to pull a Quanny. I can't really get into right now, um, but I've got some <laughs> things coming down the road uh, with, with them and also uh, Colin for Ebony this week. Uh, that I'll have, and that's pretty much it as far as content that I'm putting together this week. But uh, I'm excited that the Celtics are actually playing good basketball. Um, I'm excited that I don't have to trash them every week because they're playing like trash. <laughs> you can write that's a little bit nicer things. That's a good feeling. We started yeah. the podcast. We started the podcast today on a high note, talking about mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder and all the stuff he was doing. We saved Tatum near the end, and we didn't trash him. We just pointed out how he's just playing like crap and they're still mm-hmm. winning. We talked a little about Ben Simmons. He sucks, but that's another story. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Um, but this was this was a this was a positive upbeat podcast. Yeah. This is the 50th podcast. This is, this, is Eddie, this is the Eddie House podcast. This is so Eddie House, Mr. Positivity. My favorite Eddie House story yes, was sure. when he got traded from 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 uh from the Celtics. And we were in we we're out west, we we're in LA and we were going to practice when we got news of the trade and Eddie was there at practice. Eddie had the option of just, you know, just packing his stuff and going on and do, do his thing. Or you could just deal with these knucklehead media folks for a hot minute. And Eddie chose us and he was great. I've never seen a player get traded and immediately just 
casually talk to the to the to the beat writers that were no longer going to be with him. Uh, he was great, and and Eddie just in general, even when he you know even when he was with the Celtics, was a great talker, really good player, uh, is an ideal spark plug type player. That when you talk about winning a championship, uh, you've got guys like Eddie House in the building. Uh, so uh, I, I'm 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 glad that we got to the Eddie House podcast uh, yeah. number fifty, uh, and hopefully. Too. He's and he's and again, Eddie's a really, really good dude. I'm one of my favorite players to deal with. Um, so um, anyway, uh, everyone, thank you so much for checking out another edition of the A-List podcast with Ace Rob Blakely and Corny A. Lunas. Episode number 50, aka the Eddie House edition, is in the books. Check us out next week. We will be back for more engaging, enlightening, and entertaining chitter chat about the Boston Celtics and all that going on in the NBA. Fortunately or unfortunately, we'll be talking about Ben Simmons, most likely not planning to do it, but you just never know because Ben has a way of working his way into the damn rundown every single week. So for Kanye Lunas, Lunas, I'm Ace Rob Blakely, and this is the A-List Podcast. We are out. We are out.